0: Hey, Colin Moran had an RBI single with two outs, so let's talk about Colin Moran. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Pirates lost to the White Sox 4-2 last night on the south side of Chicago. And the game was whatever. It was 2-2, and then Derek Shelton came and yanked out Bryce Wilson way too early. He was at 69 pitches. Even though he's coming back from arm fatigue, they've usually been doing that at around the 75 pitch mark. He let a couple of guys on on real soft hits, let the kid try to get out of it. I didn't like it at all. I liked it even less that Chasen Shreve came on because I don't like watching Chasen Shreve pitch, much less pitch every single game as he appears to do. Shreve let in a couple of inherited runners. and The game was over. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Moran. As noted, he did have a hit. He usually has a hit. He's actually a pretty good hitter. I don't know that he gets acknowledged, much less appreciated, in Pittsburgh. But this might be the second, at worst, the third best hitter in this lineup. And I don't mean to damn him with faint praise. But he's batting .285. He has seven home runs in 71 games. And the number out of that that really leaps out at you is the game count. He's had a series of injuries, only one of which you could realistically assign to you know anything that could be his fault, and that was hurting his groin earlier in the season, and I can't even see that. The guy keeps himself in good shape. He's obviously not some elite athlete to watch him on the base paths, but other than that, he got hit in the hand by a pitch. He's had some really, really lousy luck, and he knows it. He knows it. He and I had a talk. This was out in San Francisco about a month ago when he was just, again, just trying to work his way back into the lineup. And you could tell that he was sensitive. He, he was down. He was down. Uh, That happens. That happens. When you feel like, and, and he does to an extent, you're having a good season or that you could be having a good season, and then every time you feel like you're getting in the swing of things, no pun intended, the carpet comes out from underneath you, that's exasperating. That's really, really tough on a professional athlete at that level. Moran's 28, and his name almost never comes up in any discussion or debate about the future of the Pirates. He's affordable, eminently affordable, I think, over the next three years. He doesn't have to go anywhere. He could, conceivably, stay here and play multiple positions if needed. Again, he's not you know, Mr. Nimble out there, but he's shown to be a pretty decent first baseman, I think. And he didn't embarrass himself at third. It's just that he didn't have any range. So he could be a backup there. He's even played some outfield, and he's done that in Pittsburgh. So if your worst case scenario is that you have him around and he's a bench guy, that's okay. But beyond that, you can't rule out that he'd be your starting first baseman. And I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about two years from now. You know, Yoshi Tetsugo hit a hundred home runs in his first week with the Pirates, and we were ready to throw Moran out like he never existed. Mason Martin hits a zillion home runs in Altoona, and we're ready to throw out. Well, we're ready to throw out our Willie Stargell statue whenever a kid does it, even if it's way down in Double A. But the fact of the matter is, having a left-handed hitting first baseman who's dependable, who's professional, who's consistent, as Moran has shown to be with his production, that's not something that you just discard every time another shiny object passes by. Moran's grown on me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Maybe I held it against him that he was part of the Garrett Cole trade. Maybe it's unfair that anybody would have any expectations of the various individuals acquired in that trade, given what went in the other direction. But he's grown on me. He's, he's become, I think, a pretty good ball player. What are his shortcomings? Well, I mentioned one. Another one was supposed to be that he couldn't hit lefties. He's done okay. He's done okay against lefties. No one looks at Moran now and thinks, oh, strictly platoon guy, platoon guy. That was something that I heard from Clint Hurdle a lot when he was acquired initially. It's something that I heard a little bit of from Derek Shelton, but not as much. And you're seeing him bat in all situations, and he's been, I'll use the word again, a professional. He's become somebody that you can make a pretty reasonable projection around. You know, Tatsugo is... we'll see. You know, he didn't look so spectacular last night. Martin strikes out half the time he's up. That's problematic in A. Imagine what it'll be in AAA. And then imagine from there what it'll be in the majors. I'm not burying him, but he's got work to do. The most certain of all the commodities that this franchise has... At first base, is the guy they're sending out there pretty much every night right now. When we come back, Just One Question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this show by the good people at North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, home of Steak on a Stone, home of the planet's only fully dedicated Pirates sports bar, front to back, side to side, wall to wall, floor to ceiling, Pirates stuff, year round. Doesn't mean they don't show other sports on the TVs, they do, but when you go in there, whether the Pirates are at home or like they are right now on the road, you're guaranteed to find baseball and you're... Pretty much guaranteed to find other baseball fans. Check out North Shore Tavern right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's question comes from Brian Gluck who asks, How long before Oscar Marine follows Rick Eckstein out the door? Uh, It won't be soon, Brian. It won't be soon. Oscar is in a different category than the hitting coach was in the sense that Oscar was hired by this group. That's always, always, always a factor. And if you heard my August 12th episode of Daily Shot of Pirates, when I called for Eckstein's firing, it was one of the main points that I underscored at the time. Eckstein wasn't their guy. He wasn't hired by Ben Charrington and Derek Shelton. What happened back then, and I found this out from the players themselves, Josh Bell, Adam Frazier, and a handful of other guys approached management, ownership really, at the time that people were being brought in to replace everyone who'd gotten fired and they really, really wanted Eckstein To stay, And if you look at how they performed in 2019, it made sense. He showed them some things that worked. I documented those at the time. It was a focus on a certain quadrant of the strike zone. Don't swing if it isn't exactly right there. Go ahead and take strikes if you need to. Take the pitch you don't like and swing violently at the one that you do. And for a good while... That worked really well for all those guys. Uh, opponents eventually counterpunched, and it didn't work so well, and Eckstein apparently didn't have answers for it. So Eckstein was gone. Oscar, this is, this is a different thing. Oscar was brought in not only as Major League Pitching Coach, but as Mr. Pitching Everything for the entire system. Uh, His methodologies, his processes are being applied from the floor up, meaning from DSL ball, Dominican Summer League, uh, to what you're seeing in Bradenton, to instructional leagues, to the guys who pitched last night in Chicago, to whatever it is that Bryce Wilson's applying. So you're not going to see an evaluation I think with this individual that's ever as simplistic as, well, look at the Team ERA in Pittsburgh, it's just not going to be like that. He's going to work principally with the guys who are in Pittsburgh. Obviously, that's who he's seeing and spending time with on a daily basis. And he's going to work with them equally. He's going to spend as much time with Chase and Shreve as he will with pitchers who matter toward the future. That's just the nature of the way that occupation works. But his overarching philosophy and some of the things that he's brought in in terms of biomechanics and the way uh, arm motions and movements get studied and analyzed and broken down, uh, that's not something that you just throw out because of something that you see happening at the big league level. I know that's going to feel counterintuitive, especially when this team does become more competitive, and you'll see a case like a Mitch Keller where you'll say, wow, I mean, he can't bring the best thing out of him. That's kind of the old-school way with where pitching coaches used to be. Uh, When Spin Williams eventually couldn't get the best out of Oliver Perez, he was gone. When Ray Searidge couldn't get the best out of garrett cole or tyler glass now he was gone that's really not what this is setting up to be i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of pirates and let's do another one tomorrow